Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Fuck yeah, dude. I've never been so ready to do a good show in my whole life. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. Let's just do the damn thing. And let's just do what we do best. Head down. Blinders on. (laughs) Fucking break on through to the other side. Should we like say anything? Take my hand. No. Take my hand. Do you remember Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, the TV show? I think Spike had it, and it was like an English, like, uh, dubbed version of a Japanese game show that was like Wipeout. Um, I am a 34-year-old woman. I You watch American Ninja Warrior, like, all the time, so I don't want to... I do. Yeah. I do not watch the Spike television network. This was a while ago. Anyway, there was a thing that they did where you went through this, like, maze, right? This is a good analogy. Trust. And But it wasn't a maze, it was just like a series of doors, and each round there's more doors. So the first one was just like one door, and the next time there were two doors. And you just had to run full force and smash through the door, and it just was made out of foam, and it would break. But some of them were made out of wood. Whoa. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't smash through that, you would hit it and get hurt. And I'm saying, you and I, we don't know which door is the right door, because there's a lot of shitty doors right now. But we just gotta just put that helmet on, and just go get that, that prize money. At the end, because we, we're going to get rich off this show, right? I mean, that's why I'm doing it, clearly. That's why I'm doing it. Today, of all days, I'm doing <laughs> it for that big, big prize at the end. Um, no, I think, I, you know, things are, things are bad. I don't think you and I are in a good headspace, but. Yeah, I, I think we both recognize that it is important to have moments where you just enjoy things. Yeah. And this is something we enjoy. Yeah, tonight I cooked dinner. I haven't done that in in a, in a few days because we've been doing for stuff. For his wife? For my wife. We've been doing stuff the, the past few days. So I cooked for the first time in a while. I made the Vietnamese meatballs, Blue Apron. Blue Apron hit us up. Um, And watched it while I cooked. And then we had a nice meal together and watched the episode. And it was, it was a nice... It was a nice way to like click, some, click. Some normalcy. I know, and I know it sounds bad to say like click off, but like it's the day after, y'all. We gotta we gotta do some. You gotta do doctor heal thyself for a bit. Rachel and I are the fucking crying clowns, and you come to us and you get that good <laughs> quality content, yeah. and then you're like, oh, Griffin, Rachel, thank you. It really takes my mind off. Where's our rose buddies? That's my. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mine's my brother, my brother, and me. Yeah, where's mine that? Well, you, you just gotta... I, I am Bertolini, or whatever the crying clown's name was <laughs> in the story. That's me. I have nothing. I believe it's Bertoli. Home Improvement hasn't been on the air. Also in... a pasta sauce. Home Improvement hasn't <laughs> been on the air for like 15 years. Yeah. And that was the last thing I ever fucking laughed at. Oh, wow. So, what am I... Where's... Where's my rose buddies is all I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, y'all, thank you all for, uh, for tuning in. And all joking aside, if we can, if we can help you, you know, think about something else for a bit, we're happy to do it. How about Jasmine though? Jasmine, you really, Jasmine, you are the North Star right now. And I'm saying that not only because you do reside to the north of us. Yes. And you're a star. Yes. But that's exactly why I'm saying it. I'm saying if I was on a boat, I could navigate by you at night to get back to where I'm going. You know what I mean? There were some moments in this episode where I was like, this is the best anybody's ever done it. We'll get to it, but like, dang. She just, like, her and Mikel are similar in that it just doesn't occur to either of them to be anything different than themselves. Yeah. And I love that. I don't want to be anything what I've been trying to be lately. <laughs> Gavin, Gavin DeGraw's I don't want to be, <laughs> in parentheses, anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. Now that's what I call music volume 62. Wow, do you think? If I was even close on that, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Gavin DeGraw, hit us up. We will also take your ad money on this show. What would he be advertising? 
Just that song. Just that song. <laughs> you guys remember? It's killer. It's a good one. It's a good track. I don't want to be. You remember? <laughs> In 2003, 2004, you remember. You were there. It was probably much later than that. Should we get into talking about the episode? Do you think when he goes to a restaurant... Oh, we're doing this, huh? And the waiter is like, uh, and what do you want, sir? And then he's like, hmm, I don't want to be anything other than... And and, and they, he just does the whole song right yeah. there. And the waiters are like, oh, guys, he's back, he's back. He's it. <laughs> it's the third time this week. He eats a lot of Subway. That's a lot... <laughs> You know how they have waiters now? Yeah, it's a crazy new thing they do. The Subway Bistro. That's a crazy chorus. Let's break that down. I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. Why are you... Okay, who's making you do this? Who's forcing you to do this? Say I won't be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. But also... Lately infers that you've only just started this new behavior. So why are you so, like, fucking, like, adhering about this? Not only that, why are you trying to be it? This is a non-committal man, and I'm glad he doesn't have an album out today that I can listen to. This feels good, doesn't it? Oh, it feels so fucking good. <laughs> that was like, what? That was, we're at six minutes now. Yeah. We're doing it, babe. We're making an episode I together. felt good the whole time. Oh, me too. I'm thinking about my boy Gavin. Yeah. Subway. Um, I've been thinking about Subway. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Back to Jasmine. All right. Back to Jasmine. See, we're doing good. Okay. Um, no, this is a good, this is a good Jasmine app. It was part one of the finale. So we had this and then the next step is going to be, uh, tell all. the boys get wild. And then the next step is the, <laughs> the real finale of the Canadian Bachelorette. Earlier, Griffin called it Boys Talk Back to the me. Boys Talk Back is really... Which that's I like. A, that's a nice name for it. I like it a lot. That's what we will call our special, Talking About the Men Tell All. I wish Noah got his own special, and it was called Noah Talks Back. Have you heard from the TV crew? or is it, Did our question... Is it going to be I don't on? think they're going to give us confirmation. It'd be pretty cool if it happened. It would be cool. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's let's start talking. Okay. So, Jasmine is drinking champagne on a plane... And she is on her way to Cuba. And once she gets to Cuba, she gets more champagne at the resort. <laughs> Which I just started cataloging all the time she drinks champagne because I feel like... Wouldn't you? If you were in love with two two, two, two boys? I don't think I like champagne that much. Oh, uh, dude, I would... Oh, man, I crush champagne. So you know how the carbonation, it just slows me down. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, so they get to this resort in Cuba... And Jasmine says a thing that if I were one of the dudes would be hard to let go if I were watching the show. She says, she's talking about Mikkel and Kevin. And she says, if I could just combine them, they would be a super husband. No, Jasmine. Jasmine, you so rarely say wrong stuff, but. I mean, to be fair, they're very different men. Well, if you combined them. I know. Four, four arms, max, four legs. Extra, what, would the torso be double wide or I, double long? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Double wide or double long? If you combine <laughs> these men, I think it would be long like a giraffe's neck. I think that she wasn't speaking quite so literally. I think Kevin's head and face would be in the middle of the stomach like Krang. And Mikkel would get the top head. Think about Digest that for a second. Oh, so it's not even like you're combining their features. You're just the men have, literally the men smushing have them. The been smushed. Okay. Yeah. Here's what, now, some strengths. Put the fuck out some fires. Build a helicopter out of nothing. This, this boy, this is a versatile boy. Mm -hmm. This boy can also eat four hot dogs at a time with his four great hands. And when he, and when he walks around, he does sound like a horse sounds. <laughs> that's fun, but that's fun. <laughs> Jasmine like, might like that. Um, the thing I didn't like about it was that it implies that neither of them is exactly complete on their own. And it would just it's be not great. great. Yeah. It would just be great if the two of them could be one. I guess person. I got kind of obsessed with the mental <laughs> yeah, image. No, like, I where get would they that. even get clothes? Well, <laughs> they would get, it would be like the big and tall and two of you. <laughs> big and tall and two of them. Oh, two big and tall. That store would have a very limited reach, I would think. 
I mean, if you have four arms, I think you could reach pretty fucking far. Also, double torso, you could change a light bulb and it wouldn't even be a big deal. Well, double... Oh, okay, okay. Yes, that's what I was trying to get you to envision. You're not stacking them on top of each other necessarily. No, no. Four legs legs are like a horse. Like a horse's legs. And then the arms... The torso just... The torsos, sorry, go straight up. The arms, I think, are kind of like Goro. I are think- they evenly spaced between the torsos, or are oh, they Oh, God, all- they'd have to. Okay. They'd have to be, wouldn't they? Okay. So. And the, But the heads, what are the heads like? Are the they heads are next to very, each other? The heads are very bad. Are they next to each other? No. On the top torso? No, it's not a Zephod Bubblebrox situation. I'm, I'm, talk- <laughs> I'm imagining a Krang. Uh, sort of a Krang alignment. So somebody gets a head in the middle of the body. It's not such a bad deal, because you are like regular head height at that point, probably. And then you have you just have like an extra dude above you. If you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it like, oh, Kevin would get a bad deal if he was the tummy man because he's only halfway down the totem pole. <laughs> but I'm saying man. you could say that him being the tummy man means that he's just wearing a Mikel hat. <laughs> Can we just please talk about this? That for is an all hour? I want to do. If you had to smush these two boys, how would you put these two boys together? Asked to No, ass. come on, Rachel. We were having fun. I'm you reversed a bad scene in the dark I'm movie. Sorry. Bad job. It demanded Poor itself. Poor choice. It demanded itself. Uh, all right, now we have to move on, unfortunately. <laughs> the two boy bit is gone. I'm sorry, I ruined it. Okay, so this is not unusual for the final two. She is kind of cataloging for us the story of both the men and what she likes about them. Uh, the thing she keeps hitting on with Kevin is that they have such an intense connection, but she worries about his hints of jealousy and whether he actually means what he says or he's just saying the right things. And then with Mikkel, she kind of talks about how handsome and sweet he is and how he doesn't know how handsome he is and he's selfless. But last week. Yeah. He had his little fit. Kind of start in media res here a little bit. Because it like that was the cliffhanger was him having a fit and saying he was going to leave then a limo driving off. And then this episode doesn't even fucking start with that. You know what I kind of wanted to talk about? Huh? Is this phenomenon that's so attractive, which is people being good looking or being incredible and not realizing that. You mean a phenomenon localized to the television franchise, The Bachelor Bachelorette? No. Haven't you ever heard that? Like, as a compliment of just like a, oh, you don't even know how great you are. Or like, you don't even know how good looking you are. Or whatever. That can happen. You don't think that's a real, like, people, that's... No, I'm saying it's a common thing, but it's a weird compliment to receive. Because it's almost like... You have bad self-esteem. Yeah, or like, if you knew how attractive you were, you would be intolerable. Or, uh, yeah, on the other side, like... You must think a lot less of yourself than you actually deserve. I mean, here's, I think in the context of this television show, which we're talking about now, and you see that talked about here, is when somebody says, you have no idea how great you are. What they're actually saying is, I have no idea how great you are. <laughs> well, and I think it's like, it's like a way of like saying like su- superlative, you have an infinite cap on your greatness. And I can't, I can't see it, but you can't either. And you've had, you've been with yourself this whole time. Yeah. It's like, no, dog, I think it's just that you don't know me very well. And no, that's part of it. And it's also just like, oh, you mean I'm a good person and I'm not super conceited about, you know, something I watch out for in this show is when somebody says something relatively, uh, innocuous, but sweet about the other person. Like, I really like the way that you, you know, Take take little sips of your of your drink with dent like something like that something like that that's like oh you actually are paying attention and not just like you're like the nicest person I've ever yeah that's right. what you say on a fucking first date when like you're extremely thirsty and it is ninety nine point nine percent of the compliments paid on this show yeah. you're like the sweetest person I've ever met that's yeah okay thank yeah. you that's nice to hear I guess I know what you mean yeah I feel like I feel like she gives those out more than she receives them even from Mikel who I you know I like Mikel a lot but it's a lot of like I've never met somebody so genuine in my whole life although when Mikel sits down with her mom later in the episode yeah man he rattles off stuff that I don't even think he's told Jasmine yeah 
It's impressive. I think Mikhail, I, I, I think Mikhail is more on point. I just wanted to mention, like, that is something that has kind of popped out to me while yeah. watching the show. I know. It's like how commercials, you can say, like, variety, or, or like, um, uh, Hidden Valley has the best ranch dressing ever. But you can't say Hidden Valley is better than this ranch dressing unless you have some sort of provable metric or survey yeah. data. Yeah. It's like that. It's like you can say, Rachel, you are the best person alive. And I do believe that. But <laughs> yeah, no, that's why it's always so hard to buy the romance is that usually it's just like, oh, she's just so beautiful and just so sweet and and so kind. And yeah. it just sounds so pat. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so we're in Cuba, and she's going to go out with Mikel first, and she wants to get kind of to the bottom of his little fit the previous week. Uh, and so they go out on a catamaran, uh, which is a private catamaran. Mm. And they say the word catamaran a About a hundred times, yeah. Uh, a real catamaran? Which, have you ever been on a catamaran? I've never been on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, and that's the only time that anybody <laughs> ever goes out on a catamaran, so unfortunately, no. I imagine people that live close to the ocean probably spend a lot of time on catamarans. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that catamaran dream going someday. I hope so. If I owned a catamaran, I would call it Catamaran Domacy. So oh, there's, that's nice. You know that one, then. I've heard you say... Catamaran Domacy? Yeah, I've heard you say it. You'd like that game. You just like you're a little boy and you have a small ball and you just and it rolls and you roll yeah. and you pick things up and the ball gets bigger and the bigger the ball gets the bigger things you can pick up until you like yeah, rolling you told up the me about that game. You'd be into it. I would like to play it. Um so they're out on the catamaran and so she decides to talk to Mikel and get to the bottom of his feelings. And he has a really hard time expressing himself. Yeah, so this is what I was talking about. Jasmine Jasmine like stays with him. While Mikhail has a really hard time talking about why he was so upset, he's saying stuff like, uh, you know, it's just really hard. And it's you, a lot of emotions. So there's just a lot of emotions and you have to be very vulnerable. And Jason's like, okay, what do you, what, what is it? What's bothering? Well, you know, it's just like, I wasn't ready for how real it was going to get. And it's just very emotional. Well, and then he says something that I think is interesting. Uh, he's like, well, I don't want to put that on you. That's not fair. You know, it's it's not your problem. You know, I don't want to, like, put this on you. This is a thing that, like, I have to work out. Uh, and then it, so he's, like, it's building like, he's it up. He's asking permission to be a bad communicator at that <laughs> yeah. point. But Jasmine is, like, t- explain to me explicitly what is wrong with you so we can talk about it. And finally he reveals, like, he's nervous about... The idea of Fantasy Suite. He was hoping that Fantasy Suites wasn't going to happen because he's like really into her and the thought of her spending the night with another dude like bums him out. Yeah. And finally she's like, thank you. (laughs) I know. She's like, of course it does. That makes total sense to me. But like I've never seen this exchange on any version of The Bachelor from from a bachelor, a bachelorette, American, Canadian, Australian, whatever. Well, maybe we need to go back and watch those early seasons. Because maybe. maybe now it's just so expected. But he's thinking this is the first bachelorette Canada. Maybe they won't do it. Because JoJo, I love JoJo. But if somebody was like, you know, I'm just, it's really emotional. She'd be like, okay. Uh, yeah, it is. It is very yeah, emotional. And then, and then she'd tell the camera, like, I really wish she could open up to me in that moment. And Jasmine's like, open the fuck up, dog. Yeah. Jasmine kicks the door down. Yeah, they even have this moment where they both talk about how communication is really important. And she's like, well, you're kind of bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was was nice. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's almost like he he is he seems pretty good at it in a way because he's always been really open with her about how he feels. But he is. I mean, he is also the shy boy. He's the shy. Yeah. He's the very soft, shy boy. And um, I want to protect him very much. But like. He doesn't, he doesn't speak out all that, all that much. Well, and I think he's just afraid of looking bad. You know, I think that's part of it. Like he, but I also think like the way that it came out, cause I don't know, you hear like he does, he's not crazy about her spending the night with another dude in the fantasy suite. It's like, well, that's her prerogative. That's the fucking show. Like, you know, but that's part of it makes me think like, oh, he, he's actually really into her. Cause the thought of like, I'm really into you, 
please don't like go hook up with somebody else is like, I don't know when you're, when you're, it's obviously not, they're not in a monogamous relationship. Obviously they're on a romance dating show, but like, I don't know when I hear stuff like that and I see him sort of stumble over his words to tell her how he truly feels like I see that stuff. I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. This could actually be a, he could actually be like really into it. This might not be for play play. He's not just like saying all the right shit. Yeah. I think when you say the wrong shit, it's yeah. like, wow, this guy's really tripping up. Yeah, no, I think I think that's true. I think he expresses a very real concern that most people would have. Yeah. Um, and for some reason it just takes him a really long time to do it. But they talk it out and then but Jasmine isn't like, Okay, I won't do it. Like Jasmine never even shows a sign of like, Okay, well then no fantasy suites then. She's just like, okay, thanks for telling me. Yeah. I'll keep that, I'll keep that <laughs> glad, in mind. <laughs> glad we got to the bottom of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, so here's, you were talking about like little things that somebody says that like reveal that they're really paying attention. Yeah. yeah. Jasmine says this thing that I just felt like it was, it could have been really cliche, but she's talking to the camera after that moment. And she says, being able to make Mikkel happy makes me feel really good. That's the fucking sweetest thing I've ever heard anybody say on this show before. Oh, well, and she's the bachelorette. That's like, crazy. Like, there's no onus on her to, like, woo everybody. Right. They're all wooing her. I love that moment. And it too. God, I hope they end up together. God, please. <laughs> I know. I didn't, the other thing didn't go so much the way I wanted it to. Please, <laughs> please, please. Sometimes I wonder if we're being abstract enough that when we listen back to this 10 years what from happened? now we'll be like what happened on that day <laughs> how weird um okay so they go to a beach mm. and there's like a little trio of musicians playing i hear from the kitchen well it's not the kitchen it's we have like an open open it's open room. concept it's an open concept space well no because i can see <laughs> i can see the tv from the kitchen but i just heard rachel go like oh god they're gonna dance <laughs> yeah it, uh, I was thinking, like, are Griffin and I just not full enough of whimsy that when we approach performers, we don't immediately start dancing? Because on this show, anytime uh, there is a, and when I say this show, I mean every, every show yeah. in the franchise, they just see musicians and immediately it's like, oh, you know what? We should just do a little dance right here. Yeah. Or like, say, we're going to do their dance. We're going to do a mockery of their beautiful belly dance. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they do a little dance on the beach. That's just not our style, babe. Don't second guess that. Like, I like viewing, and I will patronize musicians, both of the <laughs> stage and busking variety. Well, and I just also, I worry that I prioritize food too much, because I just saw that table <laughs> and chairs on the beach all laid out. Yeah. And if I had just gotten into the sand and it was sunset and I saw a table with food on it, I'd be like, oh, how nice there's musicians. And I would immediately go to that table and, See, I would be thinking and sit like, right down. I'd be thinking like sand fleas, beach gnats. Some <laughs> so, there's some sort of aphid that is going to start um, congregating around this food. So we should get while the getting's good. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want it to get cold. No. And the music's very nice. Yeah. Maybe the, it's scaring some of the bugs away. <laughs> so it's a pragmatic. And then it's you and me. And so we would finish eating in like seven minutes and the band wouldn't even be finished playing yet. <laughs> and there were never any aphids. <laughs> there were never any aphids. We just wanted to eat that, that ham. Um, so there's more champagne, mm. of course. Uh, and then Jasmine just kind of unleashes like a string of compliments. Just talks about how thoughtful he is and how sweet and how she likes that about him and how he shouldn't feel like he has to change anything because she likes him exactly how he is. Um, Not because he looks like Leonardo or that guy who played in Fargo. I think his name was Steve. You are going to get more copies of that CD. It's a good fucking CD. I'll take more. Send no, me everybody. No, send, Griffin, please don't send no. me any more copies of now. That's what I call music. I have one in the car, and then I have the insurance disc in case the first one breaks down. And it's all <laughs> it's all I listen to. So thank you, folks who did send me now. That's what I call music volume three. Uh, and then there's a date card, and I got really excited because I thought maybe there will be some variation in what the card says. And uh, perhaps a more polite way of saying y'all won't fuck. <laughs> But it was exactly like word for literally word. down to the word forego. Should you choose to forego your individual 
rooms yes um a fantasy suite will be provided well, no, to you, like, you and join right to a <laughs> oh no that's the please take this key and join each other in the fantasy suite okay like best noah or whatever a prosecutor will be provided to you <laughs> That's good. Do you think there's cops out there who are like, you have the right to remain silent. Should you choose to forgo your individual... Oh, shit. Now this arrest doesn't count. All right, get out of here. Damn it. Almost had him, too. Almost had him. Uh, so they take the card. They're into it. They accept Noah's offer. Noah, who is not in this episode at all. Not at all. I think it's because a lot of it was set, like, during the sunshine hours. Uh, do you think he even got to go to Cuba? I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see, won't we? Um, I will say, I mean, two questions about that. Two questions. One, is Noah in Cuba? Has anybody seen Noah? Please bring him home. Number two, you brought this one up while I was cooking. Who's the fucking Neil Lane this time? Is it Neil I Lane? I can't wait to find that out. Because if we, it, 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 there's no reason why it couldn't be Neil Lane, except that if in, if Neil Lane is in every international version of this television show that's that dude's full-time job oh my gosh how great would that be to just watch a, like a montage of bachelor and bachelorette around the world and it's just neil lane every time uh-huh aging backwards <laughs> he try. he would have to travel with like a retinue of armed body men Right to protect, well, he's, he travels with a briefcase full of the most precious. I feel like gemstones. he only ever has like four rings. Mm. That's like, how it was when I picked out your engagement ring. I went to the store and they had four, and I was like, "I'll take option C." Did the guy at the store sit down with you and like, so you really like her? Mm. What can you tell me? about I don't her? think he did. He was less enthusiastic about our love as he was about his many, many rings. <laughs> he was so great. Austin, J Gallery Jewelers. Gallery Jewelers. Hit them up. They, they're they going to give you the, the gemstones you crave. He's got some big dogs. He's got big dogs. I love it. It's just this dude who is extremely enthusiastic about his rings. He's got these big fucking dogs. They're nice dogs, though. But they look scary. They look scary, Which but they're the sweet. Which is the point. They're sweet. Um, so after their meal, or what we can assume was their meal... Uh, they walk out into the ocean and they make out and there's sunset and Jasmine tells us how it's sexy, how confident he is now. And then they go to the suite, which is just a bed. That's it. No, like couch, hot tub, outdoor, it's indoor. It's not a suite then, huh? It's just kind of like a room. And uh, we don't even get like a little tease of the, t well, you know, the two of them kind of foreplaying. We just get the light goes off. The light goes off. And then no next day shot, either of them no. in robes with like her shoes on the ground mm -hmm. or anything. You just the lights go off and then you hear playing through a distant iPhone speaker one week by the bare naked ladies. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Alanis Morissette, maybe? No, it's got, it's, you, it's legally, it has to be one week when you consummate. Has like to be. in, in, in Cuba? <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, you... Uh, sorry, everybody. If you thought that was a Canada joke, you're wrong. In Cuba, the first time you make love to somebody, you have to put on One Week with the Bare Naked Ladies, and spoiler alert, you better finish by the time the song's over, because then you're done. It's three minutes, 16 seconds long, so you don't have a lot of time. Imagine that beach beach aphids are coming, and you, and you need to take care of business. Stressful. You get to that bridge... <laughs> And you're like, oh, God, please hurry. You're trying hard not to find the left field. Hurry, go! What happens if you don't finish in the three you minutes? don't finish. They, what, like, does something... You don't get arrested or something. Does you something rip you apart? No. I mean, sexual anguish. <laughs> but it's not like a Hellraiser situation. You don't think all Cubans are having sex, what like happens? putting put, put, putting their digits in a Hellraiser pain box and like trying to fuck the bare naked ladies before time runs out? What happens when people hear that song outside of the bedroom? Yeah, great question. <laughs> Do they just instantly become aroused? Uh huh. Or very afraid, depending on how it went. <laughs> um, there's a lot of questions I want to ask about that, but I don't. Ask, I but you, you know, don't. I don't. I don't really want to get into it, I don't we think. We also are going so slow through this episode. It's like quicksand. I'm just enjoying your company. Me too. <laughs> we never look at each other anymore. 
Um, okay, Kevin's date. Oh, boy, Kevin's date. Kevin's date. So she is in a car. They make a big deal out of the classic cars in Cuba. That's a big deal there. Yeah, why is that? I don't know. I, I like, the dumb part of my brain thinks it's like, there was just some sort of trade agreement because there's been like an embargo there for so long that maybe they just like have these, they don't get a bunch of cars shipped, but that's stupid. That can't possibly be the real So they're answer. all driving around old cars and watching like old It can't possibly Disney be movies. the right answer. I, I'll be on, I will. Oh, I bet the Disney vault is fully accessible there year round. Oh shit, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I genuinely, legitimately don't know, but I, it, I dig it. I dig those old ass gigantic tank cars. Uh, so they get taken to, uh, a street in old Havana and, um, they talk a little bit about her family visit with Kevin's mom and brother. How it was a fucking disaster. Yeah. And here's the thing that was interesting. He doesn't really ever apologize because Jasmine makes very clear that it was quote challenging for her. Um, and he, he at no point seems to feel bad that she had been so uncomfortable. Um, and just kind of says, Oh yeah, well, you know, I think she's a little skeptical, but you know, they trust my judgment. Uh, you know, and I'm an adult. So, you know, I think, I think it's fine. I don't, I don't know that he had to apologize. Like maybe, sorry. Sorry. My family didn't like you is like a well, weird. No, but it, like if I went to meet your family and they grilled me and made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Wouldn't you be like, Hey, yeah, sure. I'm sorry that yeah. that was like that for you. Like, I'm not saying you have to apologize for your mom, but yeah. like if the experience is not, pleasant, it was not great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, they walk into a square and there is a fortune teller. Oh, fuck. Is this the second time this happened this season or did it just happen on Jojo's? It must've just happened on Jojo's season. And that's why it seems so recent. Well, it happened in bachelor in paradise. Oh my God. Remember? God. Wasn't that Ashley and Wells that did that in Mexico? Maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a fortune teller who doesn't speak English. So they quote, find a translator. And the fortune teller tells them that they should live together, uh, and close to family, but not with family, which Jasmine makes a little joke about, which I thought was funny. That they're going to have beautiful children, and then there's just this long list of children. Many there's, children. You're going to have three boys, you're going to have twins, and there's going to be lots of money, and then you're going to have two more children. You're going to need that money <laughs> if you have seven kids. Um, and and so they're, they're just, you know, kind of having fun with the local culture, I guess, in that yeah. moment. Uh, and then they go to a restaurant on the water and there is a band and so they dance god no sorry i'm yawning so much (laughs) and so there is a theatrical singer that is singing passionately while they are dancing and while they're dancing you get the opportunity to get a good look at the tight jeans on kevin okay some debate in the group i only saw it for a second i saw a screen grab i think they may have been jaggings yeah they had a spandexy quality yeah, because they were fucking jeggings. They were cuffed jeggings. Yeah. If they were not cuffed jeggings, these jeans had been grafted onto this boy. <laughs> yeah, I it, they they got significantly narrower by the calf, and you could see a lot of muscle definition through them. It is possible that they were painted on him, like some sort of intricate body art done by um, some sort of Cuban street artist. So... After they're done dancing, Kevin tells the story of when they were flying either to or from Jamaica. And at that point, there's still like 15 guys. And this story is weird. I was trying to explain it to Griffin because he was cooking. So the story is he is on the plane and the flight attendant comes up to him and is like, what's going on here? It's a big group of guys. And he says, oh, we're, we're just like a soccer team. And the flight attendant says, no, you're contestants on The Bachelorette. And he, you know, kind of is coy about it. And then it's the end of the flight. And she comes back over to him and hands him this like crumpled up piece of paper 
Meanwhile, Jasmine is hearing the story. You can tell she's like, oh, stop telling me the story about this woman flirting with you on the airplane. And this crumpled up piece of paper, he then removes from his own pocket. And it is, it is, the script on it is the final rose. Like she tore it off a tabloid. Yeah. Crumpled it up and handed it to him. Like, you're the one. And Kevin thinks this is a cute story because he thinks like, she predicted that I was going to be here at the end. How crazy is this? I couldn't make this up. But Jasmine's kind of like, boy, women sure do like paying attention <laughs> yeah. to you, huh? It's kind of like, clearly she was like hitting on you and thought that you were like the best out of the bunch and gave this to you because she thought you were the cutest. I thought this story was bullshit at first. I will now say after thinking about it, if I was on an airplane and there was... A crew of people and contestants on the television show The Bachelor or Bachelorette. I think I, I think I could sleuth it out. I think I could figure it out. If I saw the correct array of human beings sitting next to each other on a plane and I saw them and it was either like a bu- bunch of dudes with the same fucking haircut. Yeah. Let's talk about that array. So what would you need? What, what formula would equal to you? Oh, these are contestants on The Bachelorette. I mean, okay. Uh, we'll say it's. Like two rows of two, right? And then like a, in like, tw- I see 12 seats, like basically together. And I see, um, a bunch, all of them very handsome. If I just see that many handsome people sitting next to each yeah. other, um, then. Some of them very muscular, some of them not so much. Right. Um, then that's, I mean, that's a pretty good giveaway, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if one of them looks like sort of a, a douchey businessman. Hello. <laughs> if all of them have the same like fade haircut. Yeah. Yes. Hello. How's it going? If they're all like approximately between the ages of like 27 and 35. Absolutely. Yeah. These are all dead giveaways. Good teeth. Every single one Excellent of them has teeth. to have good teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's still a weird, it's still a very strange story i don't know and it certainly didn't seem to resonate with jasmine no. in the way that kevin was and then jasmine for. kind of like gets uncomfortable and he picks up on that and it's like it seems like you have something on your mind um and she tells us the viewer and then goes on to tell kevin like she feels uncomfortable because he's not the only one left and she doesn't want to set the tone that he is and so she literally says to him i care about mikhail um and i just want you to know that that you're not the only one here and kevin does what he does which is he kind of just gets quiet and seems uncomfortable yeah um but then he bounces back in a way that he didn't before like when this happened at the rose ceremony and he was jealous of yeah. the cocktail party um and he says you know it's hard to hear um i consider us together but you know i'm here for you and I'll see it through to the end, you know, and I'm just, and then he says, and people were talking about this in the Rose Buddies group. Yeah, because it sucked. <laughs> he says, like, I think of you, he either says, I think of you, or I, I see you. I see you as my sidekick. As kick. my sidekick. That's a miserable way to describe anybody. I don't think anybody. he had any ill intent. I think he was trying that. to be I, it's cute. A, it's, it, is a, it is a fairly innocuous, but it's also like, unless you're talking about fucking... Andy Bo- Richter. Boy Wonder Dick Grayson. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not. It's not something a, you say about a romantic it's partner. It's not a cool thing to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't think he meant anything by it, but that doesn't make it any less yeah. yucky. But she's kind of charmed by this. And this is, this is kind of the double standard that I think is what is at the root of, of my, uh, angst between Kevin and Mikkel is that she's like very satisfied with him being able to just say that he's there for her and that he's going to stick it out. And she's like, I really like it when you let go of this tough guy image, you know, and we get to see the soft romantic guy underneath it. Like if you want a soft boy, might I direct you (laughs) to the softest lad in the game, the softest in the set. Yeah. I, it's tricky because Kevin is one of those guys that really rewards you the more you get to know him. And so you feel like, oh, I'm really getting somewhere. He's really letting me in. Whereas Mikel just day one is like, hey, this is how I feel. I also think our barometer's fucked up because if Kevin was on JoJo season, making it to like the final six or whatever, we would, I'd probably be into, into Kevin. 
No, that's actually very true. But this is a good, this has been like, aside from a few stinkeroos, it's been a good batch of boys. Yeah. Been saying that from the start. And I think Kevin's fine. He said, yeah, obviously he said that grossly about sidekicks, but like, I I think he's fine. Yeah. It's just like, it's a good batch. Well, the problem is we're just too into Mikkel. I'm so deep into Mikkel. Like, I can't even see anybody else. I know. It's hard. I got Mikkel blinders on. I know. Uh, so they also get a date card. Yes. Um, Not really a date card. It's like a bon- yeah, it's like sorry, a I shouldn't boner call it coupon. That. <laughs> a boner for either of them. I was using and it's the got me- an the, iTunes the, gift card the in there. The metaphorical boner. It's got an iTunes gift card in there for the Bare Naked Ladies song. <laughs> they have it. They have it. It comes in the room. <laughs> it does come come on rachel it does you come. need to be my better Griffin, angel I am about trying this trying to make a joke you're just making a cum joke <laughs> it's your fault you made me this way i did <laughs> um <laughs> so they decide to go mm. to the room and i always enjoy the way people kind of talk through this thing they're about to do because Kevin says a lot of like, oh, we're probably just going to not get any sleep because we're just going to be up all night talking. That's what every other, that's what every person said. We're just going to stay up and talk. We just for have so a lot long. to talk about. And then finally, they must have pushed him for a while because finally he says, and have some privacy to do some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just like, there it is. Um, I am, I'm curious and not, this is going to be a really gross thing to say and I realize it, but I swear it's coming from a place of, genuine curiosity about how the show gets made i wonder what the percentage of people who do bone down are and what the percentage of people are who are like shut the all right well no more cameras well Well, it sounds like maybe kevin and her didn't yeah uh so that was gross to say because like i really don't want to make who's who's having set i'm curious like because i'm so i want to go behind kayfabe on this show constantly. I want to live there. I want to buy a house behind Kayfabe <laughs> in this show. And so I'm curious, like, I guess if there's a physical attraction, it's like, yeah, let's have some, let's just do it. I mean, can I ask you what you would do in that situation? It's hard to, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, you've made it pretty far at this point. Like, you're probably pretty into the person. Sure. But I, I don't, it's, it's weird. I don't I th- think, I, I, mean, I don't think I could, I don't think I could divorce the fact that we are. Well, the cameras are gone. Sure, we're still co-hosts on a television show. We are st- we're still co-workers on a television show, and like we, may- there's a small chance, there's an outside chance we might get married at the end of it and do this more, and babies will happen, um, or <laughs> won't you, happen. But like, it's but you've just had like a really romantic day, and the room is really romantic. And while Barrow's filming it, trying to get that good footage for the episode, bare and naked then, ladies is playing. And tomorrow, there's a chance that I'll be fired from the television show because you didn't pick me anymore. I guess so. And it's like a, it's like. That's a, that would be a hard thing to set aside. But if you're, okay, here's one more thing I'll say. If you are really seriously thinking about getting engaged to this person, don't you want to have Oh, that? Ab- absolutely. Yeah, I guess that's a factor I didn't really consider. Do you really want to propose to somebody without being intimate, you hmm. know? That's interesting. I hadn't really considered that angle. But I mean, obviously, you need to consider that. You got to yeah. consider the angle of that. And angle. I'm not saying that everybody needs to have sex before they decide to get married. Sure. I'm, I guess I'm saying I'm less interested in whether or not they have sex. And I'm more interested in that is the first moment where there's nobody else in the room. What, what happens? Like, what's the, what... what's the first, what's the first thing you say when the I door know. shuts and it's just you and you're off hours, but you're hanging out? That's what was so fascinating about. Andy and Juan Pablo. Andy and Juan Pablo. Yeah. She really let us in the next day. It was like, he talked about himself the whole time. Like, yeah. it was this really was, gross. This was before we were doing the podcast. Juan Pablo, we've talked about, was a really shitty season with, like, the and worst she, like, Bachelor. she, like, left the show the next day. It was like, that was awful. I'm out. Yeah, he was the Bachelor. She was a contestant. And she was like, he's just, like, a piece of shit. Like, he just sucks. Um, and this was the first, uh, or maybe, I don't know when the Claire helicopter thing happened on that same season. Claire, who's been on a couple Bachelor in Paradise, is probably one that has been 
Well, no, this last Bachelor in Paradise is the first one we've done. She's an alum. She's a veteran of this franchise, but she would, she debuted in uh, Juan Pablo's season. They were on a helicopter ride and she said, I love you. And he said, off camera, I love fucking you. And then she like got off the helicopter and was like, yo dog, that sucks. Still ended up yeah. staying on the show though for another couple she episodes. She did stick around for him to not. She stormed propose. out in the finale right when it counted, but like, yeah. Um, I'm just anyway. It is when the cameras aren't filming. Yeah, I just want to know that first five minutes. Yeah. Okay. So now what? I know it's got to be a How little weird. How do you weird. approach the subject? Have you been faking this whole time? Are we gonna? Yeah. Have you been faking, or is this a real thing? Yeah. Like, what are you hoping to ha- happen after the show? Is this so you can build up your Instagram followers? Because whether that moment exists in the fantasy suite or whether that moment exists while they are setting up a shot, although I assume they would like keep you separated during that. Like, in those moments between shooting or at the fantasy suite, that moment exists somewhere, and it's fucking fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Is this real? Ha- this whole time, because people do get married from this and have kids and start families, and it's crazy. Um, is that us, or is this just like a TV show thing? Yeah. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Like, I wonder if real business deals happen in there. Yeah. Like, hey, let's get married and like, we'll do, we'll get a fucking Ben and Lauren TV series. Uh Um, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. No way to know. Damn it. Behind closed doors, you know? Yeah. I want to be in, I want to be in the room where it happens, but not for the fucking. I promise (laughs) that's not what it is. I will leave politely. Yeah. Discreetly. You will never know I was there. I will turn on the bare naked ladies and I will leave really quick because at that point, (laughs) <laughs> Every second I'm in the room is valuable bone time. Yeah. Uh, so we do find out. We get a little peek because. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sick. <laughs> because Jasmine says that they actually get into an argument. Um, so she tells us the next day discussion got um, kind of intense and emotional and heated and he left um and he said the date had been ruined and then he left yeah but then he came back but then he came back later and apologized and they still had an amazing night and it just kind of added to her fears that he won't stick around when things get tough based on the empirical evidence that he's done it like three times yeah He's done it like three times in eight weeks, nine weeks. She said, I wrote this down and I, and I, and I don't want to quote it if it's not right, but she said something like the discussion we had got him kind of insecure and it got emotional and heated and he left. And I don't know if that, if that was like a, a poor note taking on my part or if that actually. I think that's what she said. Yeah. Like, so it just makes me wonder what they were talking about like maybe he did what you suggested where he was like hey is this real are you gonna pick me and she's might have still been like yeah sure i don't know and then he's like how how can you not know and i I don't know that's all speculation uh we got to get to the family visits okay so it is time to meet jasmine's mom linda her sister jade and her friend laura lee we met the first two in the first episode when we learned uh, everything about the, the, the shining North Star that is Jasmine. Um, but we got to spend a lot of time with the, yeah. the extended fam. So she and tells, Laura Lee. <laughs> she tells her ladies that she feels strongly about both of them. And the mom tells us that she just really wants somebody who Jasmine loves and who loves Jasmine, which like, okay. That's what we're doing. That's what, that's why we're here. Seems about right. Um, and then we, she, she tells her friend, Laura Lee, like, I really want you to cross examine these guys. And at first I thought that was just an expression, but then she goes on to tell us that Jasmine or that Laura Lee is a criminal defense lawyer. And so she literally wants her to cross examine them. And it's wild that there is a lawyer, Laura Lee. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think about that. Lawyer, Laura Lee. You're being awfully... Lawyerly, Laura Um, and it is quickly established that she is a Cylon. <laughs> Jasmine says that she's really different than me, and I thought that was just kind of like a casual thing that you say, you know, about some of your friends. But no, this woman is so methodical. She's ex- she, there are many copies. 
Yeah, she has... Some Cylons <laughs> don't even know that they're a Cylon. <laughs> She's like a stack of papers that she mechanically reads from to question these gentlemen. Yeah, she has a plan. Uh, so first up to bat, man, Mikkel. I miss Battlestar Galactica. I know, me too. Now that you started talking about it. Um, yeah, Mikkel. Mikkel shows up. He's got his jeans rolled up in Capri fashion again, so we know he's ready to party. Mm-hmm. Or to go crabbing. You know what I noticed? What? So. Beautiful legs? Beautiful hairless legs? I don't, are they hairless? I don't know. I don't, I don't think look, they're I don't hairless. I don't pay attention. Um, whenever the dudes meet the family on the American Bachelorette, I think they always bring a gift. Interesting. Like yeah, that flowers makes sense. or something, or like in the case of, um, gosh, one of the guys from JoJo's season brings a bunch of funny hats. Oh, God. Do you remember? I think oh, it was Sean. That's not good. Sean was like, in my family, we all wear funny hats to kind of lighten the mood. I don't know. I forget. I would remember that because it would have, it would have been a real skeleton I ejection situation. I think I'm pretty right on that one. Maybe, maybe you were busy cooking. <laughs> um, and Mikkel shows up, and they immediately like him. But before they get a chance to like him, he goes around and hugs everybody. <laughs> this was fucking amazing. <laughs> and this is where we find out that Loralee is a very bad hugger. And Jasmine describes her hug maneuver as a frail air hug. And we get to see it happen, and it is exactly that. It is that. so, so bad. But it's so funny because <laughs> he does it, and then he pulls away, and he, do- he goes, that was kind of a bad hug. <laughs> yeah. It's such a power play. And so immediately Laura Lee starts asking him his age and and whether he went to college and where it was. And then she pulls him away with the sister and asks him these very specific questions. Like, have you ever flirted with anyone while in a monogamous, monogamous relationship? Um, And it's like, monogamy is hard, isn't it? And he's like, well, no, I, I don't think so. And it's like, oh, well, have you ever cheated on anyone? He's like, no, no, I've never, never cheated. Um, and he seems to do pretty well. He talks about how good he is at commitment. And then he volunteers that he's fallen in love. And Jade and Laura Lee both recognize that he's very genuine. Mm. Um, and then kind of towards the end of the questioning, Mikkel's like, do you know enough? Is this, is this everything you wanted? Like, is there anything else you want to ask me? And then he asks them both for their blessing, and they give him. Laura Lee uh, says, that. "Laura Lee says one last question. What that dick do though?" And she asks both of them. She like wants to make sure this is a good friend. What that dick do though? She says. That phrasing makes me wonder if she like wanted to know specifically what what do penises do? Make is like a Cylon thing. Like you're programmed yeah. to know everything except what that dick <laughs> she just starts does. slipping in other questions mm-hmm. like like and and how babies get in there how do where do the babies do they shoot out of there or <laughs> does it come out of you or human women like me <laughs> uh and then Mikkel talks to the mom and Mikkel does this really smart kind of vulnerable thing where he just says, um, you did like such an amazing job raising your daughter and she's beautiful inside and out and she's so caring and, and she shows it and brings it out in you. And I just wanted you to know that you did such a good job. And so then immediately Jasmine's mom starts crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and really likes, really likes Mikkel. Mikel like Mikel is working super hard. He's like, I just want you to know, I have a good job. Uh, I'll be able to take care of her. <laughs> like he's he's going hard. Yeah. Um. And she just says, you know, I just care that you're good to her. Nothing else matters to me. I can tell you're an honest person. And uh, she gives her blessing. All and, right. And Mikel tells us, I really took care of business in there. <laughs> Again, kind of a weird way of putting it, but fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so Jasmine regroups with the ladies, and they're like, oh, he seems really honest and super nice and genuine. Um, and Jasmine's friend, Laura Lee, says, I give him a positive assessment. (laughs) 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 And then somebody spills water on her, and then she short circuits. And she short circuits, and it's so sad, like the movie Short Circuit. (laughs) Kevin, uh, shows up. 
And immediately all these like sirens start to go off because both Jade and Jasmine's mom are like, yeah, this, this looks like her type. Like, I just got that. Her name is Jasmine. Her sister's name is Jade. There's a real Steven Universe situation happening <laughs> over here in that family. <laughs> um, yeah, they talk about how good looking and charismatic he is. And then Kevin just starts on his, his story, but he tells it in the way that you wouldn't typically tell a family. He's like, Oh yeah, you know, I've been single for two years. My longest relationship was four years. Uh, but she really turned into more of a friend and she kind of gave me an ultimatum. So I left. Uh, and since then I've been on about 50 first dates in two years, you know, just can't to get say that can't say 50 first dates <laughs> just to get it out of my system. And this is when the mom is like, you know, he seems kind of like a ladies man. And how do you know, like, how do you get something like that out of your system when you're going on that many dates? And Jasmine starts to pick up that they are not, they are not digging it. Um, which I get, like, yeah, I would be nervous. Too. Well, there, there's also this ongoing narrative of this guy is kind of like all the other guys that she's been interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so Laura Lee pulls him aside with her stack of papers and asks him questions that I have to assume are the same ones that she asked Mikkel. But they are they are at this point, they are so like job interview specific. It's like, do you have a criminal record? Did you complete high school? Do you have any debts or assets? Uh, <laughs> and while they're having this conversation, Kevin's being real chill about it and kind of like friendly with her. And she's like, he seems to be very aware of his attractiveness, <laughs> uh, which I think is a good way to describe yeah, how sure. he's behaving. <laughs> and But then he kind of flips it a little bit. And he talks about how family is his favorite thing. Um, and then, and then she says, my initial impression was amended. <laughs> God, <laughs> I love it. It's so good though. Uh, but then, yeah, so he says, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, Jasmine and I, we're going to grow up, but we don't have to rush it. And all I can say is that in five years, like hopefully my most important thing is that we're happy. Um, and, and yeah, so Laura Lee leaves feeling like, you know, he's, he's a decent guy, but he's not a sure thing. Uh, and so then he, Kevin is talking to the mom and the sister now. And they talk about how Jasmine is so pretty, but she's more than pretty. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he says, I always say that I'm a soft seven, but she's, she's a 10. Sir, you are a hard eight to nine, sir. <laughs> Soft seven? Soft seven. You are a hard, a firm eight or a firm nine. I just get nervous when attractive people say stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, I'm probably just like a seven. I'm like, oh that my mean, God. I'm a zero point <laughs> What does nine. that make the rest of us? I'm a zero point three. <laughs> um, and... Jade gets kind of uncomfortable with his confidence because he just kind of talks in a way that suggests that he thinks he's winning this whole thing. And the mom... Because he says, he says as much. He says, like, yeah. I just feel like she's been giving me signals and I just have this feeling, like, it's going to be me. Yeah. And the mom is skeptical that he's ready to settle down. And Kevin, I mean, Kevin does care about her. Yeah, and, sure. And, and they do notice that no i'm not i don't want to throw shade on like how he feels about jasmine i'm saying he did not do a good job in this job interview no uh with the with the rest of the fam no um and so he he says you know like she really wants me to be happy and this is different than most relationships and that we're kind of starting at the hard part you know normally when you meet somebody you'd like go out and and go see bands and go on dates and stuff. But we're starting at this kind of hard part of a relationship, but I love her a lot and I'm fighting for her. Um, and I want good things for her. And then he asks for their permission and they give like a really good answer. They're like, well, if she chooses you for sure, you know, we trust her and we believe that you love her. And if she picks you, then we're happy for her. 
It's kind of a weird way to put it, though, right? Because they're both going to propose no matter what. Yeah. No, I it's kind of like a Schrodinger's cat thing. Because if, if he proposes and she says no, then he didn't have the parents' permission. But if they propose and she says yes, then they do have permission. It's a thinker, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well. It's only by observing the proposal. They're that you- saying more like whoever Jasmine picks, we're going to support Jasmine because we trust her. But they're saying they're asking permission to do the act of proposing. And until you witness the proposal before you witness, it's not quantum locked is what I'm saying. There's a lot of interesting science in this show. Not a lot of people realize that. I don't think that's true. I think that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> okay. Uh, so when he leaves, they debrief. And they kind of express their concerns. They say, like, yeah, he's he is very much in love with you. Um but he seems less caring than Mikkel. And she said, Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. She's like, I feel like I click more with Kevin right away, but that I would get more support from Mikkel. She also says that she feels like Mikkel is catching up. And I yeah. hear that and I'm like, What the fuck, dog? Yeah, that she had this instant chemistry with Kevin and that Mikkel and her have just started to get there. That's a bummer. Uh, and that's when Jasmine's sister says, like, Kevin seems like the kind of guy that she'd be into now and that she's kind of having a fling with. And Mikkel seems more like the guy that would be there at the end, which, like, if they don't end up together, that's that's intense. Yeah, I know. Uh, Is that it? That's it. Oh, hey, we finished. That's what all I wrote down. So we get a teaser. For men tell all, but we don't know what happens finale part uh, It's two. a lot of Drew business. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of Drew business. Although we do get a clip of Jasmine thanking uh, inventor Chris for speaking out about Drew yeah. that one time. She was like, you're the only one that had my back. That's the only clip we saw. And I was like, hey, that's that's nice recognition. Yeah, there seems to be some like angst between the dudes, but it's hard to tell what exactly they're fighting about. I mean, it's Drew and Chris. Is that how you remember? You don't remember because it was stupid. Uh, and it lasted like three episodes. Oh, no. I remember the beef. Yeah. I'm just saying that there appears to be a lot of beef on Mentel All. And I There's can't always beef on Mentel All, babe. It's a, it's, a, it's a regular hibachi. You know, they throw the beef right up on the table and make you look at the beef. Think about the beef. Uh, so I wanted to thank some of our fans. Let's thank some fans. For sending us gifts. Uh, specifically, I want to thank uh, Joanne. Burroughs, and I wanted to thank Carolyn and Cass, and I also wanted to thank Jan. <laughs> That's her name. It's it's a question mark. <laughs> it's um Jan. Jan. Thank you. Very small handwriting. It's whoever sent us. So somebody sent us a nice like little baby wrap. Jan or Jam. <laughs> Someone sent us a nice little baby wrap. We also got a very adorable knit baby hat. And then we got an Amazon gift card. Yeah, guys, thank you all so much. <laughs> it's incredible. We, we've gotten so much support from uh, the listeners of this show for our baby, which is like a weird, like, I've been doing podcasts for a long time now, and I ad- adored, like, the relationship I have with the community around, like, the shows. Because, like, for the most part, it's kind of the same community. Although I feel like Rose Buddies is its own it's, it has its own sort of like community thing going for. It. I'm sure there's well, a lot of crossover there. The show is about our love. That's a good point. Yes, but I'm saying like I've never had something like this where like we're having a baby in yeah. like three to four weeks. Yeah, and like our nursery is done, and a lot of stuff in there came from the people who listen <laughs> to our podcast. I know. I, I, and I'm not saying I doubted your generosity or anything like that, but it is it is manifest and it has like filled our needs in like yeah. a very real way. And like I it's it's weird and it is like uh awe inspiring and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. The fact that Griffin mentioned that he wanted that now that's what I call music three. We got two fucking and he copies. got two copies within a week. <laughs> and now I'll be able to like let our baby boy grow up <laughs> listening to just the best tunes. Yeah. Um seriously, you all are absolutely amazing. Uh like I don't want to dwell on on the bad stuff that's happening right now, but like the point, the point of light has been like everybody saying, everybody sort of coming, coming together 
and saying, uh, you know, how much they have sort of been able to tune the bad, bad, bad stuff out um, because of the stuff that we do. And it's very selfish of me to say that, but it's like the only thing that's made me feel like not an ineffectual, worthless piece of shit, which is, I think, a feeling that maybe a lot of us are struggling with right now after after the election uh is is that and so like just the support that you all constantly give us i i would be lost without it so thank you no that's that's very true and it's taken something that i think was kind of a guilty pleasure for us and turned it into something kind of significant it already kind of was right like because we were watching with our group of friends and it was like this thing that our community our local community would get together on um, and I always thought that was a really special thing. And I didn't think when we started doing the podcast, even I didn't think it was going to maintain that level of specialness, but expand in the way that it has to as big a, a group of people who are still as like genuinely amazing as it has. So like, yeah, it's, it's, it's something really special and we, we love you guys and, uh, thank you all very much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Do you want to sign off? Sure. See you next week with the when the when the boys talk back the the boys the boys <laughs> episode five the boys strike back. Um, till then, you want to start it this time? Yeah. Ooh! I'm Rachel McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. When you're ready. You can you be a little bit more confident about it? Just like when you're ready. <laughs> That's not how you do it. Wait, let's try it one more time. Okay, Just, okay. I'm Rachel McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. When you're ready. <laughs> Was that good? I don't know how to be confident without sounding mean. Final Rose, stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert! She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right reasons, right reasons.